Welcome to The Hustler's Huddle, a networking podcast about you. Y'all didn't join in? You know, yeah, it's it's we, we switch seats, we, we musical. Y'all try to be cool all of a sudden because we're down one. You're like, oh, I man. gave him the gesture. This I is, gave him the... This is how it's going to go. That's how we're going <laughs> to This is how this is going to roll today. This is how we're rolling. All right. Well, guys, my name is uh, Chris. I just showed up here Whitwell. And with me to my right is always the industrious. Today, it's PJ Toms. Just, to just today, though. Just, just today. Okay. Not producer PJ. Just PJ. <laughs> Not producer PJ. PJ Toms today. This is, uh, as usual, house. Dario Radio Davis. And we got a couple special guests here. Yes. Hi, I'm Noelle Flores. I am uh, Dario's girlfriend. Oh, she put <laughs> the label on it on the show. And then, of course, the man of the hour over here, Frank. Well, I'm already upset. Okay. You know, a couple of special guests. I mean, that hurts me. But the problem is, I know Noelia. <laughs> she true. is very special, uh-huh. and so okay, I'm right. like subconsciously, I already feel psyched out. But I'm gonna go with it. My name is Frank, and uh, I'm happy to be here today. That's and not that's not what you just told us, though. I, so are well, you? No, you're I'm upset or you're lying. No, I'm fucking pissed. Okay, because I got here at six forty. And I was dealing with some guy out front. Uh-huh. And oh, you you met our sales guy. The sales guy. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. So I'll cut. Long story short, he pitches me. I pass. He walks off into the sunset. And then we started a podcast with two special guests. Mm. Not one. No. I. I. Yeah. We have two special guests, but the man of the hour. Hi, my name is Frank. It's very nice <laughs> to be here today. <laughs> so Frank. Now yeah. we've talked to me. Yeah, now that we've established that uh, you're happy to be here. Well, I apologize, Frank, for the uh, you know latency, but I think we're going. No, nah, you know what? No, nah, we. You know what? You I, know. I just came back from a self improvement seminar, right? And I was kind of touching on this or whatever. And Frank was maybe being serious or not. I still haven't been able to discern when he is, which is beautiful. It's going to make for a great time. But that being said, I learned like Frank controls his own feelings. I don't apologize. It is what it is, Frank. You can be uh, offended. Man, look at that picture of me right there in the red. I well, see, there's the handsome one. Yeah. That's, see, that's a controlled environment. Someone posts that. Look at that. Is that you? That looks like the fat guy from Lost. <laughs> I, Here's a fucking true story. Lo- this is a true story. Uh, I was working a WWE event, mm-hmm. right? And I am backstage, and I'm walking backstage, and I swear to God, a, a, I don't know what wrestler it was, but it was. And I knew. I know he's a wrestler because he was like six ten in his underwear, oiled up. He stops me and he God. says, hey, dude, where do I know you from, man? And I was like, oh, no, I'm just here working today. He's like, no, 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 come on, man. I know you from somewhere. And I was like, no, I really, I, I, I don't know. He goes, yeah, you're, you're on Lost. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> I fucking go to my car, dude, and do that, my dear friend. Uh, and I Google... <laughs> Lost. I hadn't watched it. It's not my jam. Oh, this is the only guy I look like—the fat guy who was on the cover of the Weezer album. So you know what? Fuck that wrestler and fuck this picture. And this is what I'm talking about. Well, this is not a controlled environment. I don't can, like when people just put shit online about you know me. So yeah. I might date myself here, but anybody else over thirty in this room might get this. You actually look like a younger version of the cartoon David the Gnome, right fuck there. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I don't even know who that is. But Pull I, it up. But Pull I'm looking up. at that and I'm like, well, David I look, I look like a gnome. Well, there so, you go. No. I mean, we pretty that much got is, it right. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Ridiculous. 
So, man, tell us a little bit about what you do. You're kind of a man of many talents. I am certainly a jack of all trades and still a master of none, but that's okay because I am maintaining a healthy level of optimism. And I bet you learned about that this past weekend, didn't you? I did. Optimism, a positive mindset. Anyway, okay, my name's Frank. I'm a filmmaker. Frank Um, Huesos. Frank Huesos, okay? Excuse me, Huesos. Huesos. Like bones? Yes, that is the the phonetic pronunciation of the uh, Spanish word huesos, which is bones. It's kind of I grew up and I was, my friends used to call me Frankie Bones. (laughs) Damn. Then I... um, Boy, I'm trying to find a way to tell this story the most linear way possible. But here's what it is. I made that name up. That is a fake name. I am the equivalent to like Madonna or something. I made up a name. I said, and the thing is, my parents are divorced. And when I was living in New York uh, a long time ago, I worked on this Woody Allen movie, right? And I... And they asked me, they said, Frank, what's the name you want in the credits? And so I gave my legal name, right? Are we allowed to ask what that legal name is? It is Leal, which is Spanish for loyal. And that's um, dope too. Do you? It is. It is. My my legal name is Francisco Leonel Leal. Fucking royalty. I just got moist. Right. I love the announciation. It was perfect. Yeah, and, wow. and people always get thrown for a loop because I talk and look sort of white, but if you ask me what my name is, yeah. like in a legal set- setting, I'm like Francisco Leal. People are like, oh, Francisco shit. Francisco Leal. I'm yeah. not going to try it. <laughs> because you can, you can sort of whitewash a lot of things. You know, you can whitewash saying, let, let me get a Corona. Like if I'm at a bar, I don't go like, let me get a Corona. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna force it. You know what I mean? It's it's fine. You, you it's, gotta use it. You gotta use that. I'm not speed. gonna do that. You, you know. Keep it alive. You know. You, I, I work a lot in Austin. I don't say like, "Hey, take a ride on Manchaca." I'm cool with it. I'm like, <laughs> it's a, bang a ride on Manchac. All right, look, I'm gonna play ball. You call it Manchac. If you ask really? me what my fucking yeah, yeah because I mean that's just that, you know you do the thing. You do the thing. Um, but but when someone asks me what my name is. I, uh, I'm not going to fuck around, you know, I can't, Francisco, Leal, I'm not going to fucking say that shit. No. No, I'm going to say it fast, I'm going to say it like I mean it. Well, can I call you Frankie Bones for the rest of the duration? Because that's you're, what you're, I can pronounce, yeah, whitewash, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're certainly welcome to do that. All so, right. but, but, okay, so, okay, rewinding. So, I'm living in New York, I do this, uh, I work on this Woody Allen film, they say, Frank, what's the name you want in the credits? I, I give them my legal name. A couple of gigs later, I'm working on Fahrenheit 9-11. The Michael Moore documentary. Mm-hmm. From, I'm dating myself now because I'm showing you that I was working on films that long ago. But by then, I knew that I could give whatever name I wanted. Right. So I gave, since I grew up with my mom's side of the family, I gave that name, and that's Vasquez. So Woody Allen's film, I am credited as Frank Leal. Mm-hmm. Michael Moore's documentary, I am credited as Frank Vasquez. Wow. I saw the problem here. Yeah. I thought, I can't do this. I can't be bouncing back and forth, and I don't yeah, know when yeah. who's of this and that. I said, pick one name, make sure it's gangster as fuck. <laughs> you know, be sure that you're gonna be ride or die with that fucking name for a minute, because I I knew I was on my path to do some cool shit. You know, I I knew I was going to be a hustler at a young age, and that's what took me to New York. See, I couldn't afford film school. 
homeschool is like, you know, $120,000 if you wanted to go to like a cool, like prestigious film school. Absolutely. Right. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I was like, I'm going to, what I will do is I will move to New York and I will work on film sets and I will learn that way. And my mom was like, Frank, you've, uh, you've never been on an airplane. You've never been out of the state of Texas. You haven't finished college. Local boy. These are all reasons why that's not going to work. Right. And I said, well, yeah, watch me. And, and, Mm. and I went, I went and I was that, I was that guy. You know, I, I arrived in New York city. I had had two suitcases and a little piece of straw hanging out of my mouth. (laughs) Were they, were they tied and slung over? Like, it was actually like... Yeah, I looked like Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. yeah, you should have seen my face when the prostitutes walked by. I, I had, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. so, so, so I moved to New York City, and I apply, and I tried to... Man, my mom was right. You cannot fucking do dick if you have not done a few things in life. You know, ideally, you've gone to school or been on an airplane... Or something like this, but anyway, so I, you know, I, I does not happen. I cannot get a job. I get a job in a movie theater. I'm leaving the interview. The guy says to me, "Hey Frank, tomorrow just wear a white shirt and we'll give you your bow tie." And dude, <laughs> what kind of reference is that? Like, it was at a movie theater. I was going to be an usher. Oh no, sure. uh, like, okay. uh, because I could not get a job I was doing like, anything else. What are so, you doing? So very. So I'm fucking so sad. And I go home that night and I made a fake resume. And I put everything that had ever been made in Texas on this resume. And I turned it in. That's how I got the Woody Allen job and all that shit was with a fucking fake resume. And I was like, hey, I will learn as we go here. And and it fucking worked. It's that fake it till you make it mentality, man. It is. And there's it's, nothing it's, wrong with it. You, well, there's nothing wrong with it. But I tell you what, you better fucking be ready. Yeah. Because they're going to fuck. Yeah. You're going to fuck up a lot. And if you can't look someone in the eye and lie. <laughs> or or face the fact that you've made a huge mistake or break the law. Because that's the thing I did. I Dude, the thing is, I, they had me driving trucks for these movies and doing shit like that. Man, I was fucking, yeah. Who's, whose phone is on right now? Can we right silence now? that? I mean, oh, the phones. Sorry. Yo. No, that was my iPad. Oh, my, my bad. I was going to try to blame our guests, but Dario just calls himself out. Like, What's some research? <laughs> Dario's playing Super Mario Brothers yeah. Yeah. on he's the iPad. He's worked he with friends just right now. It. The washtub was not on that resume. I actually didn't put anything I had done in life. I only put things that I hadn't done. In so, life. like, were you like, yeah, I was uh, on a couple of uh, Batman films. Uh, I went by Christian Bale at the time. No, because here's the thing: I did do a little bit of research. I said, what has been shot in Texas that if they kind of looked into it? So there was basically only a few things, and I know they didn't really look at it because they would have been like, Frank, there's no way that you were in the art department. Um, of cloak and dagger because you would have been seven <laughs> you know i just fucking put it on there and no one asked and i got a job but i didn't know what i was doing cloak okay? and dagger was filmed it was filmed in Santa i remember yes. there was truth yeah. there was you truth. Telling no, 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 the truth the film no, was, was made here absolutely yeah the film was made there I, i'm sorry peter are part, you asking me if i was on the film or if the film got made here <laughs> all right and because then, the answer is yes to both at this exactly. point yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and as long as you can be pleasant and apologetic you know, because I made a lot of mistakes, but I was always, you know, I was was like a hard worker, and I was always like a genuine dude. I fucked up a lot. I my the biggest thing is I fucking hit a lot of cars. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding, man. I would drive these box trucks, and I didn't know what a box truck. My fucking first job, they're like, Frank, you know your way around the city. I'm like, oh. I'm like on the phone. I'm like looking at a map, and I'm like, yeah, dude, of course. 
And they're like, you know how to drive a box truck? And I'm like, yeah, dude, don't know what a box truck is. <laughs> New, New York City. New York City. In a New box truck. New York yeah. City. In how a, old were you? I was 22 years old. This is the only time in my life that I vomited out of fear. Wow. I took the subway the next day. I still don't know what a box truck is. <laughs> I am like looking on handwritten directions, right? And I'm like, okay, and then on the corner of, okay, here and here. And I like look up and I fucking see a parking lot with rows and rows of Penske box trucks. And they're big and they're shaped like a box. So I know in that moment, that's a box truck. Right. And I vomited because it was also snowing and being from Texas, I don't know anything about weather. And I moved up there in the winter and snow is terrible after four days it just turns to mud so is this pre or post map quest this is pre pre map this quest. is 2002 this I, is maps go dude <laughs> this no seriously this is 2002 you had a cell phone but it was only a cell phone and a calendar and an alarm clock so you had those things. And snake. It, it was, there was snake on that There bench. was snake. Okay, there was snake. I will give you that. So there was some slight entertainment. But you couldn't, you know, you couldn't GPS yet. So anyway, I see the box sure. trucks. I, I, I realize now that I'm talking a lot. And I'm taking a long fucking time. We speed this shit up. I see a bunch of fucking box trucks. I fucking throw up all over the place. I proceed to get it, drive it around. But dude, over the course of a year and a half, two years, I'm guessing maybe $30,000, $50,000 worth of damage to all the... Like one time I turned down a street and it was too thin and there was cars behind me. So I couldn't like back down the street. I had to just commit. And it was just like, bam, bam, <laughs> bam, yeah. bam. And I just went down the street and I probably took off 15 rearview mirrors. <laughs> but I hey. just bam, 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 bam. I mean, yeah, it was a fucking nightmare, man. So I, I, I can try to make you feel better. So I used to Please. used to be in law enforcement, right? Which has come up in this, right? I have to go. It was the popo. <laughs> I'm I'm not now, <laughs> but I've destroyed six squad cars and uh, <laughs> three of which I wasn't in. Went well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why our tax is going up. Yeah, Chris. it went way up because of <laughs> tax the, dollars. My best one though. My best one. So I used to love pranking people, and I thought I just pranked somebody really good. Doesn't matter what I did. It matters that I thought somebody was getting me back. So we had these bathrooms that we had to secure in, in a park. And I'm coming up in my squad. I had a brand new charger because I whined because I didn't have one. I was so <laughs> mad. I was still in the Crown Vic. And I was like, I want a fast charger. I get in all the pursuits and everything. Why can't I have it? You know? Uh-huh. And so, so finally, Sarge's like, fuck it. New one, yours. Here's the keys. I'm like, three days in. Let me go lock the bathrooms up in my brand new V8 charger. Right? So I go up and I, we had this like little drainage dish that kind of goes in and I, would turn my wheels the right way and I left it, blah, blah, blah. But there was, I'm going to, I'm going to place blame, which I learned not to do this weekend. I'm doing it. Uh, the, 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 the gears were jacked up. It had nothing to do with me. It had no, I definitely didn't put it in reverse and leave it there. I, I thought I put it in park, right? <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't put it in reverse and leave it there. So I get out of the car and it didn't move because it was in this little indention, right? And I go and I block the bathrooms up and I come back and all of a sudden I don't see anything except for two beams of light coming out. Cause it's in the middle of the night, mind you. Oh. And I'm like, the fuck is going on here so i'm like somebody's messing with me no big deal no no what had happened the car starts backing up hits the so it's going towards like the park right the actual playground equipment i mean 
Lord forbid the children were long asleep at like three in the morning. But right. there were some prostitutes and drug addicts that were in right, trouble, right? So it's going back. It hits the curb and turns and starts to go along the curb towards a building. The curb runs out, fortunately. It turns itself again, goes between two handicap signs, and then decides, what's the worst possible place I could go? The fence? Nah. I'm going to make it to the little ditch. And falls <laughs> off into the ditch, crunches into the back. and Headlights pointing, in the sky. That headlights and straight awesome. up and down. Wow. And then we got a hot call and my beat. And they're like, at the time I was six, 602, copy assault in progress. And I'm like, 602 negative. Can't do it. <laughs> not, not happening. Send the sergeant. It like it was a it was a bad one too. This guy got like straight up American history X curb stomp. Yeah. There was a stabbing. Oh. It was it was a wild call. And I'm all like, start a wrecker. I <laughs> help. Yeah, so I got some time off for that and didn't get paid yeah. for it. But, you know, it was good times. I wanted, So did you ever put it in a ditch? No. Good. You're doing no, great. I want to talk about um, a little, just a little bit about my backstory about how I got Dario Radio. So when I was younger, and I'm going to make this very quick, I stuttered really, really bad. Horrible speech impediment to the point where I couldn't even say my name. Seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Went to speech uh, therapy two times, three times a week. Something as simple. Hey, hey, young man, what's your name? It'd take me seven, eight, nine, ten seconds just to say my name. So my mother had my name, you know, Dario, D-A-R-I-O, on these little wooden letters. And I remember, you know, you know, just having my name on there. And I was like, man, if I switch the R and a D in my name, it spells radio. And so fast forward, you know, 30 some odd years when I'm doing my feelings for ESPN, I had no social media presence, no Facebook, no Instagram, this and that. Got got first runner up. All the suits at ESPN were like, hey, you you need a you need some type of social media handle. And my brain automatically went back to when Boom. I was like eight, nine, ten years old. I was like, Dario Radio. Nice. And that's the end of the story. I love it. Yeah. Let me ask you this though. Did you get really fit and strong <laughs> and sexy because of that? And that's a real fucking question because I see, I got really funny to like handle my shit. Like right. I, I was like, I got funny. Uh, get your in in all mic. seriousness, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of pent up anger uh-huh. as a child. Sure. And I found out early if I exhausted myself, uh-huh. I didn't have energy to be angry. And it still keeps me level as a as a grown ass man. Fuck! I wish I had got that. Yeah. I see. Since I see that. where you're going with this. And I've I've actually I've talked about it before. It's like that. Uh, you get blessed, right? Everybody's blessed a certain way. Everybody sure. gets a certain gifts and things, and then you lack in other things. Right? I got and I got so, small hands. That's what I was right, blessed yeah, with. Small hands. Uh, I guess I'm shorter than I want to be. What would, what would be yours like? Stuttered. This fool that, just that, said it. Yeah. He was like, yeah. "Bro, I was, I yeah, was but that's not fair because it's done. Society. It's done. You don't have to live no, with that. A, yeah. Now he's just a handsome stud who speaks very well. Well, now my hands are huge. Okay, um, right. No, right. see, no. The same I still kind of speak like shit, actually. So uh, the first time I was on the radio program with Dario, a uh, different one that he did, he was like really surprised at how well I spoke. I think he was a little concerned. <laughs> No, because I tend to mumble a bit and kind of slur. So I talk much. really fast. She talks fast. She talks over her own words. I'm like, Noelia, 
low down. But for whatever reason, point taken behind her microphone, be it here, you know, the old four letter network, whatever it may be, she sounds beautiful. But in normal, in normal, uh, you know, dialogue, when it's just me and her, it's like, yo, slow down. Slow yeah. down. Slow Absolutely. Down. And then there you get the like opposites track, right? Like it's like a, you know, maybe maybe you compliment each other. Sometimes things compliment. Like you're you're a great flavor, man. Like I dig it. I dig your style. Thank you. Thanks for coming on here. We're yeah. really appreciative, Frank. Bones, it. Frankie Bones, Frankie Bones. Bones. Every picture you take, aside for the, the David the Gnome one, is right. dope. Like yeah. you know, like I can't, well, I can't do that shit. That's that's branding. Yeah. And, See, and now if like if if someone posts a picture, uh, and this sucks for my girlfriend. Because, you know, she, when we met, she's, hey, I, I'm on social media. I like to post things, everything I'm doing, and mm-hmm. keep my friends and family up to date. And I'm like, oh, I love that, honey. Don't ever fucking post a picture of me until I sign off on it. Mm. And she's looking at me like, are you fucking serious, dude? This is, this is just, and I'm like, no, I'm really serious. And I'm like that with my bands, with my other friends. I'm yeah. fucking neurotic, dude. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this shit. Where people post a fucking picture, and you see the memes, right, on Facebook, yeah. like how you post yourself and yeah. you look all cool and shit, and it's how someone else posts you. That fucking turd. <laughs> you fucking put. You'll get a fucking call from me. I'll fucking call your ass up, man. This fucking 1993 up in this motherfucker. I'll get on the phone. I'll get on the landline. Hey, Bill. Hey, how's it going, man? I saw that picture you posted. Fucking take it down. So uh... this, is the, this is from the guy that had a picture. Of himself, like what was I think you're like in your underwear? Yes. Like controlled, on the couch, controlled. Like Facebook. Uh, you know, it's a controlled manner. environment. Yes, I looked real good. Mm-hmm. It was my Costanza meets Burt Reynolds underwear, <laughs> tidy whities But I was looking good. So man, post that shit. You say you say you're a, uh, a yeah. filmmaker. That's me. That that's a broad. That's a broad brush, man. Like what? What does that mean? Like, what you you do everything? Like, you drove trucks. He's a Swiss Army Knight of art. <laughs> the MacGyver of art. I I I I I am a film. So I moved to New York City and I learned how movies got made, and then I moved back to Texas, and I you did, brought that hustle. Here. Yes, and I kind of did the same shit where I pitched uh, to do some music videos, and 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 everyone was telling me no. You've never done it. You've never had a budget. You've never done that. And so I was like, kind of like the New York thing. I'm always been stubborn. I'm fucking stubborn, dude, because I'm like, you know what? I see this person doing this thing. I can do it as well. And sometimes you have the proofs in the pudding, right? So the everyone says, no, I make a music video anyway. I show that to the band and to the label. They say, hey, you did this without permission. It's still a no. I upload it to YouTube. Mm. No permission. Load it up. But the entertainment industry is so cutthroat. You got to do stuff like you that. You do. And Period. it got a couple hundred thousand views. Yeah. And, and it did well. And people were commenting on there. And like, oh, this is a fantastic video. Wonderful. All right. Now the phone starts to ring a little bit. And I started to do music videos. Because, uh, yeah. you know, I play in bands. And so that's kind of the world I've traveled in is music. And so I was making films. And Let me pause it there with the band side of things before we move on past that. What, what did you do in the band? I am, I play I play guitar and sing in a couple of bands and I've also put out right there in the middle is that's a solo record I put out called Teddy Blood. It was sort of a 
bedroom pop sort of maybe like a satanic pop record you i know? dig that what's Where, uh what what other genres do you dabble in uh well like that one was like a bedroom pop and then i play in a band called the hawks of holy rosary and we're sort of like an anthemic sort of people always say that we sound like pixies or or weezer um and i kind of go with that vibe for the hawks um and with the hawks did really well man the hawks had a good run there um and you know, they like we got like a write up in like USA Today, and mm-hmm. and we were in Pace Magazine, and we did like a cool tour. You know, we did a cool tour and played in front of a thousand people, signed some autographs, shit like that. You know, it kind of fits in with your story about the uh, the video, right? Yes, it does. It does. It, it, oddly enough, the band that I made that first video for and sort of uploaded without permission uh, ended up being a really successful band called Doctor Dog, and many years later, we got to go on tour with them, which reinforces the idea that in life you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. You just have to sort of move swiftly and boldly. And I mean, you sort of have to be able to like cash the checks you've written. Right. Like I do sometimes run across people that are like, um, they're just a little full of shit. You have to be a little full of shit, right? You have to have that foolish optimism, Mm -hmm. but it's a fine line. You strike me as a person that just, doesn't take no for an answer like you don't i do and i shake your hand and i thank you and then i go do it anyway so i do take no for the like i don't i'm also like not a very disrespectful person i i you know i i i take pride in in being um well-mannered and it ties in with what you were um, which i hope we get to at some point is talking about like what you did this weekend with like self-help and being positive and and, like i try to like always be like a really open yeah cool person it's weird but that's like my only goal in life it's like i want to be cool and i mean that in like the truest sense like i I only want shit to be cool i don't like like my mom gets after me a lot like sometimes my mom's like no life's not always cool and sometimes you have to deal with real and i'm like yeah but why not i think i can do it cool yeah i'm that asshole like i go to the doctor's office i'm like shooting the shit with everyone like i kind of like i want to enjoy almost everything in my life as best as i can noticed that you can kind of you can you can do that you can do it i, I love you can that have a fun life attitude. yeah, so yeah. That, that actually that's a good segue into this because i mean i love the fact that people you know live your life man do what you like and that you truly speak to that you really wanted to do something you went out and grabbed it and that's that's awesome man i uh that's awesome badass on you so with the uh you said before the show that you're really big into the the self-help and the, the <laughs> developmental things and and so forth have you been to any seminars like that or ha- what are your favorite books or do you watch podcasts like the hustlers huddle which i heard is great you should check it out at the hustlers huddle.com shameless plug check out go the ahead <laughs> the hustlers huddle com. yeah before we actually pause this let's get a clean plug everybody shut up and let Frank give us a clean, like, intro plug. This is an intro or Or, or just you are now listening. Something okay. like that. Not even an intro. Give us a middle plug. And now, we're back to the Hustler's Huddle. Plug in, baby. Thehustlershuddle.com. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all we wanted you here for, man. Thank you so much. Okay, for, and yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm out. No, but... Um, so, so the, the, the self-progression, tell us yeah, about that. Well, the self-help was like big. Like, when, like here's, the, here's the funny thing. So my mom was not negative initially about me moving to New York, but she did recognize that I was being delusional. 
like I was like I press pause at the end of like a movie and I'm like mom look there's 180 names here I can do one of these jobs what is a best boy um, you know I'm just like dude there's a lot of fucking jobs here I yeah exactly I can do this what's a dolly why would they call a guy a dolly boy like you know, that, can I be a fluffer one day yeah, like, <laughs> worst case scenario I thought oh, oh, what right, movies I'll have I watched hold on I would have done it. I've fluffed a few a few film sets, uh, Boogie Nights in particular. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but 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 when I moved to New York, my mom gave me two things. She gave me this inspirational quote that was framed, um, and then she gave me this book, and it was some real fucking Oprah Winfrey book of the week club bullshit. <laughs> like uh, it was called "You Can Heal Your Life," and like the I'm not even kidding. Like the 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 cover of the book had like three brush strokes and a butterfly. Yeah. Like I was like, is this fucking reading it's... Rainbow for fucking grownups? Or I don't I didn't know what it was. I read it though and it changed my life. I love and it. it. And it had like I had all this dumb shit to do in there, like go look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and spend a little time with yourself. Tell yourself that you love yourself, that you forgive yourself. That you accept yourself. Yeah. That you believe in yourself. And there I was, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, By the way, he was smoking a cigarette just now. <laughs> smoking a Marlboro Light. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'd be getting high as I'd be getting fucking higher than Bird Pussy. And I'd fucking uh no, I'm kidding. Sponsors. I'm sorry I said no, that. No, we're good. Retract that from the record. No, but there I am. And 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 I'm looking in the mirror. Welcome, Frank. You're now our right. new sponsor because we lost everything else. Right, Thank you, exactly. sir. Someone's gonna call you tomorrow. Peter. We're off. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so then I, would, I did all those things. And, and it, I feel like that's what gave me this, like, boldness and this, like, strength. And I also read this weird-ass hippie book called The Holographic Universe. Not there that's yet, all but... about, like, p- parallel universes yeah, and, like, all, all this, like, offshoots. It. And then I'm, like, reading it, and I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck it. Like, I bet I can start manifesting. And I've been really good at that my whole life. But it's like that scene in Blow where Johnny Depp's in prison and the guy's like, yeah, you got a good dream. It's not the right dream. And I feel like that's where I am now. Like, mm. my bar has never really been like, I got to be a multimillionaire. It was always just like, hey, I want to do this. I want to go on tour with this band that I've loved for 10 years. And everyone's like, Frank, you'll never do it. Did it. Right. I want to move to New York. I want to work on movies. Frank, you can't do that. Did it. Frank, you can't, I want to do music videos, but you can't do it. Did, Did it. it. And it's like, that's what life is, I yeah. find, is like, yo, dude. M- like, you're not doing it right if you don't have people genuinely concerned for how fucking crazy you are. And that's what separates the people who go on to make bold moves and do big shit, you know, because they're, they're doing dumb shit. That foolish optimism, right? That, like, well, you, you it's know. It's a common, common uh, thing that you hear in that community yeah. of self-improvement is uh, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so forth. But what I think is cool, man, is that you got that at a young age, right? I didn't have my aha moment literally until two days ago, right? Yeah. I thought it was kumbaya bullshit. I'm, I'm being straight with you. Right. Right? I was like, a uh, bunch of hippies on their drum lines, yeah. you know, talking about peace, love, and energy. And that's what I thought. Well, I you're, really you're thought. You're handsome, so you got lazy. Yeah, I got really yeah, lazy. You were riding on the good looks. I was riding on yeah. the good, and then I lost it. Yeah. And then I'm like, I look like a pregnant woman now. Mm-hmm. With my beer belt. Time to believe in God. Yeah. No. <laughs> Save me, right? <laughs> All right, Lord, I had my fun. I'm here now. <laughs> I'm ready to be good. I'm ready to. <laughs> <laughs> 
but <laughs> no, but for real, like, and I went to this, had that the aha fucking moment, prodigal and, son, dude. And and I love it because you got it at a young age, and I'm just now getting into it. I'm like, damn, there's something to this. This yeah. is real. This is a real thing. And it's so, I heard it all. Like being in the sales world, do you hear it or not? I, I do. All the time. Yeah. But it clicked. And I, the best way I can explain it to somebody, man, is when you have that aha moment, when I had that aha moment, tell me if I'm wrong, it's kind of similar to when you find out Santa Claus isn't real. No matter how bad you want to go back and believe in Santa, you can never do it again. And it's the same veil pulled back. No matter how bad you want to just forget what you know and go back to who you were, it's yeah. impossible. You know? Yeah. You get to see what what's behind the... The Oz's curtain. Yeah. It is yeah. jacked up because yeah. Oz, I look just like him. Pull back the curtain yeah. and some small, little, scared, teeny person, you know? And you're like, fuck. Oh, right, you know. strong and big and bad, you know, somehow. <laughs> my you bad, know, Santa. One of, up. One, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite movies is Kung Fu Panda. No exaggeration. Yeah. Have you guys seen Kung Fu Panda? Yeah. No, I don't watch Absolutely. bullshit. Love that <laughs> no, I'm Never. kidding. Come on. Was it good? Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. And I love Jack Black. Yeah. Jack Come Black. On. And so how Kung Fu Panda ends, you know, he gets that scroll. Spoiler alert. No, I'm just oh, well, come on. If you haven't seen punk, uh, Kung Fu Panda, then shame on you. We, we have an audience. It's like the secret. Pissed off. And it's, and, it, and it's, it's, it's blank. You know, it's, it's yeah. all within each and every one of us, each and every man and woman. Yeah. Go for your dreams. Be, have unrealistic dreams. Half that, you know, foolish optimism. Yeah. And, and that's what life is about. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Totally. It is. And, you know, the other thing I do um, for money is I'm a, I'm a rock and roll driver. So I drive a lot of uh, celebrities, all the concerts in San Antonio and in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I drive these uh, really famous and successful people and you know what the the funny thing is is that they are fucking literally no different than any of us and so i've had this like firsthand interaction with these people and you know you you sh- you you start to see that like oh like everyone's just sort of winging it right yeah. and like again the proof is in the pudding and so ideally you do have some good product you have put in some work and then when you get your moment, you can step forward and say, like, and you can present. You know, I, I agree shit. wholeheartedly, except for they are just like us, but they, they've they learned to conquer that fear base. Or they don't have, that's the only thing that separates them, in my opinion. Dude. They still have it, but, but yeah. they don't let it hold them back. Yeah. No, you're right, because that's why they're there. Yeah. That's why they're there, but yeah. they still fucking freak out. That's yeah. the definition of courage, man. Last year for F1, I wonder if I'll get fired for this. Then don't say it. Make make up. Uh, have you ever think about it? No, nah, you know what? No, no, no. Because okay. I mean, because it's a fucking true story. Why can't I talk about something that happened to me in my life? Alleged. No. Alleged. Alleged. This is the goddamn fucking truth, okay? Britney Spears had a fucking meltdown in my car, <laughs> and I fucking talked her down, dude. Yeah. I wow. had a fucking moment with Britney fucking Spears. Who was having a fucking hard time? Mm-hmm. Feeling, was killing her, dude. See, yeah, I mean, see, you're making jokes. You're, like... He's he's making jokes, but Brittany wasn't making jokes. Hey, man. Brittany was She's sad. Human. She's human. She was human. And in that moment, I, that's when I see it. Uh, and by the way, I, I, I'm I'm only busting your balls about making the joke because I thought it was funny so, too. She left a fucking ham sandwich in the back. I tried to sell it. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, eBay. <laughs> 
instantly. But you're an empath, right? Like yes. I, I get that yeah. feel. I get totally. that vibe from you yes. instantly. Like when you came in, you know, Dario, explain it. Uh, not Dario. I'm sorry, PJ. Issues. Explain yeah. empath to people because some people aren't tuned into that. Good, good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you can feel what other people are feeling. Like as I talk to you, if you look at someone, you you got a good understanding of what that person's feeling or kind mm-hmm. of going through specifically in that moment. And sure. You might not know where they're from and all that, but you can you can get you can catch that vibe. Vibe for sure. And and I believe that's helped you in in what you do, right? I mean, it looks like you walk on to things and just kind of create that good energy, that good vibe, and being able to <clears throat> to talk to people. And I mean, there yes. you go. Good Console. example, right? console Brittany. <laughs> no but honestly dude her fucking bodyguard was next to me and and when he got in the car the first thing he did was look over him and he goes hey don't talk to Brittany." And i'm like fucking well no shit i'm not gonna like you know i know the job the job is they get in the car if they engage with you man fucking hop in you're you know yeah. whatever dude but um but yes i had an empathic moment where i was like dude this chick is fucking suffering dude and I have to talk to her. And I have to like, and he gave me the look of death. But Brittany was rubbing my shoulder and thanking me and being like, hey, dude, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And he had to let it slide because you know what? Brittany went from crying to trying yeah. to have a good day. And so what? I mean, yeah, I crossed the line, but that's okay. I you hope crossed I don't the get line fired. for the right reasons, though. Like, I, I did. There's so I, many people that wouldn't have. They would have followed that order, you know? Sure. Did you sell her a towel? I did not sell her a towel. That's, you know, she's making that joke because another side hustle I do is I rent towels out to rock and roll shows. And that's a fucking super side hustle on the fucking hush hush. Yes. So when a big, when when, when a big concert comes to town, right, they have hundreds of people that are on tour doing the lights and building the stage and setting up the audio and the dancers and the band and many people. These people have to bathe. And there needs to be towels there. Yeah. Wow. I provide the towels and it's a fucking per towel rental. Okay. And when that's a fucking little side hustle, man, that's a little Catholic school teacher's salary on the fucking side. This, this is a South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> you rent towels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also these the black hand towels that have to be on stage. Don't forget your to towel. wipe their sweat. I provide those as well. Yeah, legit. It's and you know it's it's so beautiful. Yeah, I love it. The only part that sucks is going in at two thirty in the morning and picking up a bunch of fucking dirty towels. Um, you know that's a real humbling thing. You know, it's like yeah. oh. humbling to the bank. Though, yeah, right? yeah, exactly, dude. Tell me about it. Um, and for them, and sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes like a, a band will come through and they don't use they'll rent. 230 fucking towels and they won't use one. So mm. I go and it was a fucking cash grab. No towels used. And then one, but like one time I did a sh- uh, who's those people that sang Duhast Mayor? Rammstein. Uh, Rammstein. Dude. Alright, you might have to edit this shit out, but man, those fuckers. There was blood all over the towels when I yeah, went to yeah. get them. They, you they, ever seen them then? Yeah, yeah dude. They're, they, dude, they know and they had no fun. They had an orgy in their room. <laughs> and let me tell you what I let those towels go I was yeah. like you know what I walked I'm in I'm doing well for myself yes I walked in and you could just smell the sex in the room and I said you know I'm not supposed to be in here <laughs> I'm leaving that's fine I'll lose two dozen towels that's fine keep them so switching gears let's talk about 
Potluck, a film uh, by Frankie Bones. Uh, that's right. So, um, that Potluck is a script that I wrote I recently. Love the back. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so August second. So August. Uh, let me let me pause for our listeners that cannot see. Thank you. Yes. This isn't. Uh, what everyone brings to a uh, food gathering. P-O-T-L-U-C-K, uh, tongue-in-cheek, marijuana luck, right. just oh, those for like clarification. Palm tree leaves back no, there. no. I mean, oh. uh, yeah, well, yeah little like palm trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So you know uh, marijuana luck. PJ's Googling it. Sure. It's It won't pop up. It's it, That's on the hush-hush. So, so I premiered a short film at the San Antonio Film Festival, and I think it was uh, June 31st. July 31st, the next morning, I went to work the, uh, uh, some show, uh, in, in Austin. I can't remember who it was, but that day I got a small tear on my Achilles tendon and I had to go to the doctor and it was very emotional and I was in a lot of fucking pain. They put me in a boot for eight weeks. I couldn't walk. I couldn't work. Hmm. I was fucking devastated. So what did I do? I turned a negative into a positive. And I bet, see, there's more talking about it. that. You know, take it, you know, what had me morbidly depressed, you know, because when you can't work for two months, you're bleeding. You're just, you're bleeding. You're not yeah. making money. You're fucking sitting on a couch. You're fucking bummed. And I said, well, fuck, man, I've got this time on my hands. I wrote, I wrote a screenplay and it's called Potluck. And it's about, um, it's about a group of friends who decide to have a potluck dinner uh, but they have this wonderful idea that they are going to bring an entree cooked with marijuana. And we're right now we're knee deep in the edibles culture, right? Every yeah, and you you hear much. more and more of this. Like yeah, since now that pot's legal in so many places and people are eating brownies and the gummy bears and the this and the that. And you people are dude, YouTube it. People are calling 911 all the fucking time. There was this cop who confiscated a bunch of fucking weed and made brownies with his wife. Listen to that 911 call. He calls in and he thinks him and his wife are dying. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that. Yes, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, he lost yeah, his yeah. job, dude. Yeah. He lost his fucking job. Yeah. So anyway, so this is a group of friends. They have a potluck dinner. Everyone brings like, you know, a casserole that's cooked with pot and uh, cookies and brownies and uh, fucking pasta and pot butter. And the first half of the film is really funny. The second half of the film turns into a horror film. Uh, the monsters being the the pot and the anxiety and all that stuff. I so I wrote switch. that recently, and uh, you know I've taken a handful of meetings uh, with a production company that's based out of Los Angeles. I would like to stay Texas side, but I will go across the pond if I have to. Um, and things are looking well uh, for that project. So to our listeners and viewers out there, like let's make connections. This is what the hustle's about, right? Sure. So if we got something like this, let's let's get this out because it sounds like I mean even the Marketing here is phenomenal. It's, it's I mean, a, this is really not, well put together. This is yeah. You can't. This dude didn't just bring in. Hey, I wrote some stuff, and it's you know this guy has it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like he's not just sitting around. Hey, I got a script. Will you read it? You know. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. And, and let's just be honest, man. It's 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 a topic that's at the forefront. You know, very very big deal. It'll be a big deal in this election, I think. Oh yeah. I, I, I just talked to a friend of mine that said hemp is now legal in Texas. So oh, yeah. I'm is, sure that's a big is. win for the farmers. THC is legal in small uh, increments. Well, there yeah. you go. And, yeah. and and so this is 
just changing things is very timely. I, you yeah. know, this is really good, man. I think it's, I think it's timely. I think it's relatable. Most people um, have had a negative drug experience in their life, even if they're a recreational uh, person. Uh, who dabbles in goodies or someone who is like, oh, I went to like a keg party and I ate a, a pot brownie and I fucking threw up for three days and I fucking tripped balls and I think I spoke to my great-grandfather who's been yeah. dead for 36 years. Well, like, every, I think it's also, it's just relatable in, in, sure. in a couple of ways. So it's it's definitely a piece about education, right? And like, you, I, I, you got to look at it. I mean, the marijuana that's coming out of today is so much stronger than anything that we've had in the past. Right. And, it's just unfortunate. It's been like it's been the stigma. Yeah, the so stigma. Still a stigma. It hasn't been yeah. studied the way right. it should be because we're finding that you know PTSD, killing cancer, yeah. Alzheimer's. There's Seizures, so many autism, applications to these yeah, things. Strokes. But so many people are are just stifling. No, you know, uh, including I mean, you know, laws and things that are stifling and stopping progress. Which is I, I don't understand that. You know the you know the catalyst of it. The the legit reason, and I, I'm gonna paraphrase this. It was sometime in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Nineteen twenties, actually. I thought it was eighteen hundreds. It was, was it, in El is Paso. It the new, is it the newspaper thing? Oh, you're going way back. 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 Why oh, it became okay. illegal okay. nationally? Right? I know. I know. Go for it. In the right. in the late eighteen hundreds in El Paso, some dude freaked out and like started killing folks. And the only thing they could really figure out why he was crazy was because he smoked the reefer and so they're like to prevent people from going schizophrenic and killing people it must be linked to this drug and that's where it started now that's the press release sure. version of it yeah. right there's always stuff moving in the background and so forth but then right before uh the great depression hit uh kissinger that's the reason mm -hmm. that that's where i was going you are 100 correct it was yeah. like 1897 1898 yeah. that gentleman in west texas freaked out but from a governmental standpoint, like 1927, 1928, right before Great Depression hit, Kissinger is the one that put the stop to it. And he's the one that at the time sure. made it mass media or in the printing press yeah. that if you smoked a little doobie, you know, you would have ridiculous consequences. Reefer madness. Yeah. So reefer madness. While we're on it, man, like um, I find it. Uh, I lost my train of thought, actually, and it's not because of weed, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good point. I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to punch in. Well, no, but but I, ultimately, you know, the history about it and whatever, and how it came from whatever, we really just need to fix. I mean, it's in the past. We yeah. need to figure out a way to make it work now. Yeah. To make it use it for for its positive sources and things. It, it, it's it's Undeniable now. The science is out. This is ridiculous. And the now we're just waiting on bureaucracy to run through laws, and everybody needs to make money, and everybody needs to get their hands on it. When ultimately, uh, it's just we just need to figure out a way to make it work for mankind and move on. So before like, I, it's not that big a deal. Before I forget the the observation from a former cop, right? I used to arrest people for this, right? I'd find it and be like, "Wow, oh, man!" And I hated it. I hated putting people in jail for weed, especially when they had a little bit and the sergeant rolled up and I couldn't just stomp it out right, on the street right, or whatever. Right. But that being said, what I find interesting is the correlation between you have um, you talked about the twenties and the prohibition. The prohibition right. of alcohol. Who made all the money on that prohibition? 
the Italian mafia for the most part in other organized crime groups like the Irish mob and so forth. And for the longest time, the Italian mob was unstoppable. Even after they took, they're like, hold on guys, we gotta, we gotta legalize alcohol. They're making million. I mean, Al Capone made so much money, billions of dollars a year in equivalent money on running alcohol. Now, what I find interesting is you go to the cartels, and the same thing has happened. So the Italian mob moved away from it. They're like, by the time it was too late, they're like, dude, we're not jacking with alcohol. You go ahead and make it legal. We got casinos. We got prostitution. They we got Vegas. drug running. We got all this stuff going on. So we're set. Same with the cartels. They started on the drug trade when we did the war on drugs. And they made money, made money, made money. Now they're like, we don't care about drugs. We're on the human trafficking, human traffic, arms exactly, dealing, yeah. and so forth. It's become a monster. And, and all because we want to protect public safety, right? Well, uh, I was doing quotations for listeners. The legality is a big problem, too, because um, you have a problem with, like, because it's not federally legal, mm. and you have, like, a lot of, like, dispensaries are having issues with, um, like, where to put their money. So it's become kind of a, a problem for crime because they're having to, like, house all of their money, yeah. like, in, like, giant safes in their facilities. And then the other aspect of that is all the people who are, like, currently in jail for selling like weed cannot get out of jail and then legally sell because right. they're felons. Yeah, that's the so, fucked up part. Yeah, that's that's what really I don't dig about part. it. I'm like, cool, yeah. man. Yeah, weed's legal. Love it. Can go into a shop, buy whatever. Fuck it. Cool. You're a dick. Because right now we have fucking prisons all across yeah. this fucking country that are filled up with motherfuckers that had yeah. dime bags and shit. Sure. All right, he was trying to push a fucking ounce or whatever the fuck. And all of a sudden, Uncle Sam's going to come in. And the same motherfuckers that locked everyone up and threw away the key are now the gentlemen who have the cash and are privy to the red tape and how to get around it and find the loopholes and have all the necessary information. Because opening a dispensary is in in, in itself just applying for the licenses, just getting legal with that, that in itself is a fucking industry. Yeah. And, and just because fucking Joe got a fucking 150 grand in his fucking pocket doesn't mean shit. Because he's not going to get the permits to do it. And that's where that Uncle Sam kind of thing comes in. And meanwhile, there's a lot of fucking black folks and Chicanos and fucking... Those prisons are fucking full, dude. So and it's, it's like, whatever, dude. I'm you know, so- it's uh, bottom line, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to have to change with legislation and laws are going to have to be passed. So this is the hustler's huddle saying, like, if you want to get out there and make some, make a difference, go out and vote, man. Yeah. It's coming up. It has to. Make a difference. Yep. And I think this whole pendulum, you know, we had Obama, like, you know, the for a lot of people, it was a perfect president, right, and everything. And now we have, you know, our uh, our buddy, Mr. Trump. Now the pendulum swinging on the other side. So, you know, hopefully... Hopefully that brings some voter turnout, some people actually wanting to hear their voice, get their whole voice yeah. heard, and and, and we'll make see. a difference, right? And I don't want to chastise any belief system, right? For the for the sake of neutrality, right? Regardless of what you believe, you know, stand for it and vote for it and be yeah. out there. You know, that's a good point that PJ brings up. Um, it, but we are seeing the deep seated when you have a law for so long, right? There's definitely deep-seated issues of untangling that mess, and you hit the nail on the head. How do we? How do you wipe the slate clean? How do you did it? How do you then? Because if you just say release them all, then how do you say we'll give them back years of their life? Right. And then who pays that money? Does the taxpayer pay the money for restitution to them? Who pays the restitution? You know. And so it's really it's tough. It's tough to undo this 
interwoven law on just something as simple as wheat, you know? But it's, it is up to our generation to be part of solving that issue about untangling that knot, mm. about streamlining the process and making sure everyone's fully informed. Right. We're scared of what we don't know. Yeah. When we're educated about a certain subject, you know, guards drop. You can have open dialogue. Yeah. Left and right, right and left. And it really is just more to PJ's point. It's up to our generation, mm. us young men and women, to get educated, to get properly informed, go out, vote accordingly, and hopefully things will change. Bet. We went from from uh, <laughs> like some like having a good time. Yeah, no, we got a little serious. Like political this, yeah. da 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 da. Yeah, like, I have so, to go. And yeah. the, and the but hey, is, bro, this is your fault. This is your, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, Frank. I want to bring something up. Uh, PJ's wearing Texas Aggie shirt today. Mm. And so we, we we need to at least hit on this for a little bit. It's been approximately 20 years since the bonfire uh, tragedy yeah. in College Station. Uh, PJ is a proud A&M grad. Uh, I was actually at at the, well, not at the game, but I was in College Station that weekend with uh, my best friend, Brett, my cousin, Vincent, uh, Bo Perry, and Josh Devero. And we're planning on going to the game that next day. And we're, you know, I was at UTEP. It was our bye week. Flew out to flew out to Austin, drove to College Station. And uh, it was one of the most uh, wide-eyed situations I'd ever been around. Mm. And I'll let PJ kind of take the floor, his personal experiences at Aggie that weekend. <clears throat> well, yeah, uh, you know, I went to A&M. Didn't graduate, but I, I was there for quite a bit of time. Uh, I had the privilege to be in uh, the Corps of Cadets in A&M. I was in Squadron 13 and the Parsons Mounted Cavalry. Uh, I also did Bonfire. Uh, everybody did Bonfire. For those yeah, that don't know, Aggie Bonfire was, it was a pep rally. It yeah. was a pep rally we had. UT versus year. A&M. It was uh I, I would have gone to pep rallies at high school more if they burned shit down. Yeah, it was the uh our biggest rivalry. Uh one of the biggest rivalries in Texas is between Texas AM and the University of Texas. Uh did you go to UT? I went to San Pedro High. Which right. is San Antonio San- College. I, I went there too. Cheers, sir. Yeah. Cheers. Uh but yeah, guys, uh so basically it was it's a big prep rally and we get ready for the football game every year. Cause in Texas football is a big deal. So we build a fire, uh, a big old bonfire and it literally takes months to do it. Uh, and the student body does it. It's not, we're not paying anybody to do it. It's really volunteer hours. Yeah. But how many Aggies does it take to build a bonfire? But an entire student body. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <It's- laughs> Because you walked into that one. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> Just I mean, so you know. Th- that's what we do, right? So we build this thing, and the day before the game with Texas, we burn it. We have yell practice. We have a huge you know, party out there. Just an excuse to get around and party with your friends right before the football game. But um, on a serious note, on in uh, November 26th, on the 18th, early morning, about 2 a.m., the uh, the bonfire collapsed. There were people on the bonfire. There were people working. There were people celebrating, and we um, we lost twelve that 
12 yeah. people passed yeah. away from that mm-hmm. and 20 people uh 27 people were injured uh, and these were men women uh students uh somewhere in the course somewhere regular student body and my heart and my prayers go out to them and their family great people uh and it was it was just tragic uh it was it's fallen before but it never hurt anybody so this was the first time anything like that happened um i remember showing up that night and helping pull logs out of there and Mm. trying to get people help and it was it was insane like I, i i heard about it in the wee hours because we were still up on a weekend around that yeah. time in the morning, right? Because we are up to no good. But anyway, um, I, I, I lost a, a, a very close personal friend, uh, Jerry Don Self. Um, oh. He was in our outfit. He was one of my fish. Um, uh, of fishes, I was a sophomore and freshmen coming in were called fish. I and see. so the sophomores would kind of drill them and take care of them and kind of be the disciplinarians uh through that whole year of being at the Corps of Cadets. Well anyway, I, I had the privilege and the honor to do that with Jerry Don Self. Um and uh we did unfortunately lose him mm. in that. And uh prayers goes out to him and his family. Love you man. Get wow. him always and it's heavy. Um it's just one of those things that um like I said, I'm I, I was I'm not affiliated with AM, but being there that weekend, it was probably my fourth or fifth AM game I had attended. And if you've never been to a Texas AM home football game, there is such a sense of unification more than any other division one football game I've ever been to. And I've been right. to dozens. There you have the yell practice the yeah, night before. Absolutely. It um, starts with yell practice the night before. The night before. It's a lot mm-hmm. of it's eighty thousand people doing similar hand gestures, hands around their shoulders. Very unified. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a very uniformed aspect. It's very together. It's such a commonwealth, unlike you've ever seen anything before. But the fact that AM unfortunately lost twelve young men and women. And they're known for the 12th, 12th man. man. Yeah. That just sent chills yeah. down my body. And I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Yeah. And just the uh just the uh the parallel between the 12th man, which has been an AM staple for a hundred plus years, right. and to have this unfortunate event happen and have 12 young lives taken, man, it's just it's very tragic, man. Ugh. It's yeah. uh yeah, it's it's tough, and you know, twenty year anniversary. It's a lot of a lot of thoughts go out to that. Yeah, yeah and I appreciate it. And then that was the thing. It, yeah. It's been twenty years since this happened. Yep. Um, they no longer have bonfire on campus. They actually have this memorial that I have up. Yep. If you nice. ever go there, please go take Check a it look out. Yeah, they respect. It's beautiful. And uh, that's all I got to say. And then so, me and PJ so, kind of planned this out and to pick stuff up. Enough morbid stuff. Enough serious talk. I need to give a huge shout out to my brother, Marine, John Fannin. Uh, I don't know if you could uh, bring that up, PJ. Uh, He's only a part of a four-man veteran team. uh, It's called Fight or Die. Mm -hmm. Fight or, as an O-A-R, die. These young men are going to row across the Atlantic Ocean. Talk about foolish optimism. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking and so. so what? For what? Why? Um, the 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 reason uh, 
because he, he, I guess they just love to suffer. I'm not really sure. Oh, well, I mean, look uh, at their picture. I mean, no, but it's hey, it's hey, for veteran awareness. Right now. Turn that up. Uh, <laughs> turn that up. But it, it is a, a suicide prevention nice. type of movement amongst other movements. But I told him I'd give him a shout out. He's my brother in arms. He works at Grunt Style here in San Antonio. Nice. Very good, close with him and Mike Fahey. They were ones that uh, graced me the opportunity to uh, be on Grunt Style. And, uh, you know, you kind of see the Turn that video up. in the background right now. But, uh, yeah, so they're rolling across. They actually leave Thanksgiving Day. Nice. And they won't be back until about February. What are they doing exactly? They're rowing across the Atlantic. That's going to take like... Fuck. To bring it's, awareness. That's crazy. That's a long weekend. Insane. No, I mean, dude, that's that's really yeah. incredible. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for people who do bold things like that. So sure. they're but, 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 do we also see the irony in that? I mean, like, you're talking about suicide prevention, but you're going to row across the Atlantic? <laughs> I mean, that's... I'm, I'm terrified. Like, you know... I'm not a very strong person, though. I, I couldn't do that. I was about to say, Frank. I I've never like, ridden a horse. But you know, it's, we, we've gone from uh, the bonfire to suicide prevention, and I was like, we got we got to pick this up. And yeah. you walked right into it. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, Saving us, yeah. But let me tell you something about bonfires, which, by the way, that moment, I cracked an Aggie joke, and then I had that moment of regret that's going to keep sure. me up tonight. Right, and and that comes with being like an incessant goofball. Like, oh, Frank doesn't really know when to stop, and it's that problem. And I and I and I made a joke, and I'm sorry that that was insensitive. I didn't I didn't mean to do that. No, but um, again, the impact we need that. We, yeah, can we can we play devil's that's advocate? That's gonna hold. There's there's I a fact. I, I love that's, it, and that's the that's, fact how we can connect. Yeah, and I can and apologize. This is the I forum knew I to do that. I, yeah, this is exactly what the. Real quick story, because I think this ties yeah. in, and I think this is going to be the bridge into our next chapter. <laughs> I started a bonfire last week. Okay, I was working. <laughs> uh, I was working the uh, Black Keys Modest Mouse show, okay. and I was uh, driving around uh, Modest Mouse, and we got to being friendly, and I. Um, I was wearing a hoodie. It was very cold that day, and I was wearing a hoodie, and I'm driving the singer of Modest Mouse, and he looks over to me, and we've been talking some shit, and he says, you know, Frank, you're really likable, but I can't really hear because I have my hoodie on, and and I thought, he didn't just say that. I thought maybe he said something else, and I just like looked out the window, and there was like this awkward silence, and then we kind of started talking about the weather or whatever. And then I saw him later on that night and we started shooting the shit again and we start getting along and we're, we're broing out. I've already been cut, by the way, I shouldn't get fired for this one. <laughs> I'm already cut. I'm just walking by and we, he and I start shooting the shit and he's like, dude, you want to microdose some mushrooms? <laughs> and I'm like, Huh? <laughs> now I'm a fun guy. Yeah. So, so the, so the thing is, is that like, this is my job. It's totally chill. Like I don't fucking fan out or nerd out on anyone, but I'm, I've always been a big modest mouse fan. Like mm -hmm. I said, the Hawks always get compared to the pixies, right? Who modest mouse always gets compared to as well. And there's like this whole little thing. And so, yeah, I, so I say, okay, he gives me this teaspoon of 
mushroom infused honey. And it's a very like shaman moment. He like puts it in my mouth. And I'm like a little baby bird. I'm just like. <laughs> For those of you not watching, which you should be watching, and you can tune in at the Hustlers Huddle, Huddle on YouTube. Find the channel, watch it. That way you get all the golden nuggets of the visuals. Anyhow, yeah, there I am like a baby bird. You can see me like a little baby bird. And I'm like <laughs> licking this tea. And he's like just holding it in my mouth. It's really awkward. Um, but then, and but then, uh, so we were, we're kind of hanging out. And then I'm like, okay, like I'm a big fan of like leaving before it's time to go. That way you're like the cool guy. You're like, all right, see you later. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm like, okay, hey man, great hanging out. Thanks very much. I'll see you guys later. He goes, dude, don't leave. We're gonna start a fire <laughs> and listen to music. And uh, we're by the tour bus, which is parked at the Irwin Center, like in the in the loading dock. So I'm like, no, you're not gonna start a fire. He starts running around like a fucking Boy Scout. <laughs> He's gathering wood. Then another bandmate pulls out a box from underneath the tour bus that has logs of wood, and they they start to build a bonfire on the grounds. This is the UT center, uh, the, the, the basketball um, arena yeah. for UT. This is not allowed, you know, but he did it anyway. They So, and then he's got a suitcase with a speaker in it. It looks like it was from 1940. And I was like, I was like, what are you doing? Are you hustling booze? I mean, what are you, is this moonshine? He's like, no, I got a speaker in here. And, uh, so we proceed to have a bonfire by the tour bus at the Frank Irwin Center. <laughs> then the guy comes out, the boss, I won't say of who or what, but he comes out and there's a fire just raging <laughs> by the bus. I'm the runner. I'm like the entry level position. I'm supposed to have be at home right now. I'm standing there with the band by this like huge bonfire. <laughs> And I'm on mushrooms. Girl. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but I fucking was real fucking Tai Chi self-help. And that's why I said this was the bridge yeah. to the next thing. Nice. This, those, those self-help meditations in that moment when I see the person who can end my life walking up, I think to myself, I love myself. I forgive myself. <laughs> and this is okay. And he walked up and I threw the force. I, I kind of got the singer of Modest Mouse in trouble. Like I walked up to my bosses walking up. I meet them halfway. I'm like, I don't know what these guys are doing, dude. I like tried ah! to tell them. I don't know. Like they, they've started a fire, but I think that if we ask them nicely, they'll put it out. And the fire got put out. And 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 then I and then we hugged each other goodnight. He, 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 yes. He really liked my children's book. because uh, he's got three kids at home. And another movie I wrote, it's called While It's Hot. That's the one that was at the film festival. The 10-minute proof of concept. Now, we're talking here about business-savvy people. Yes. Things that we can do to enhance our business sense, pitch our businesses. We've looked at a lookbook, right? The yep. other thing here is a proof of concept. And if you're in cinema, if you write a feature-length script, there's a thing called a proof of concept. And you direct like a 10-minute version of that. And then you show that to your potential investors. So I wrote a script called While It's Hot. It's about a blue-collar criminal that's trying to publish a children's book so that he can stop doing gangster shit. 
for that film, I wrote the children's book. I showed it to him because he's got a bunch of kids. He's like, I fucking love this. I'm going to give you my phone number. We hugged. And because we were both on mushrooms, we kind of held on for like a little longer. That's that awkward and I felt yeah. like my awkward fingers hug. were digging into his back that was made of sand. And then I drove off into the sunset. <laughs> that was it. Bro, it. I, I don't, I, I really want to end on that story. Like that's a capitalized story, but I feel like there's so much more to say. And I'm kind of having this idea, right? We need to bring Danny and him at the same time. Yo, I'm sp- and then get out of the way. Get out of the fucking I, I way. I mean, that right? is a... Is that you know, a kind way of saying I've just been talking to you? Know, no, no, not at all. That's Because I, I listened to Danny's and he talked too much. I'm... <laughs> And now um, we can have a beat. To, to even <laughs> even to that point, like joking, but maybe serious. Yeah, I'm we should joking. have Frank, Danny, and Bean and Cheeseman, and we'll just step back. Forget about it. Yeah, this will be a new show. <laughs> just, a new show, bro. We'll just get out of the way. This I'll is the audience. The Hustlers Huddle, hosted by our guest. <laughs> I, I feel like you guys have been asking about, and y'all should have because y'all are both from MacArthur. About oh, here we go. The Local music video he did for oh, MacArthur. That's right. PJ, did you not know this? Frank directed uh, MacArthur's uh, choir last year. They went to New York City, their acapella group, correct? That's right. Why don't you look thrilled about and this? And Frank, no, it, no, go, yeah, tell. tell. Well, I can, yeah, good call, Noelle. I forgot. I, about I, 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 I'm glad you brought this up because I'm mad at those kids. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, those kids are great. Um, <laughs> I wonder if it'll pop up. I, I think you probably have to go to like YouTube and pop in uh, PFC, High Hopes. So High hopes. I have a, I have a friend so who good. who is the oh, choir God. director there, and she says, "Hey Frank, could you do?" Man, he's got the memory of a of a panda bear because he put in PFC because <laughs> he hopes. watches there Kung Fu Panda. So like this, this this is actually an amazing thing that happened. So my friend Anna, there's that video. 133,000 views for these kids that are in a choir, which is really crazy. So my so good. My friend hit me up and she was like, Frank, uh, will Let, you direct a music video for my choir? To which I instantly I, say, I, I no. I think we should play some of this. I am not going to direct a music video for Skip the choir. That. But we went ahead and did it. And and it turned out pretty good. Like, are you going to press play? You got three seconds. Do? Without further ado. No. Yeah. No. Let's, let's play at you least 30 We're seconds. giving free airtime for somebody who hadn't paid us. Skip it, bro. I know. And it's Redfin. It's the <laughs> enemy. Look at this. Look at this beautiful shot. It's a tracking shot on a uh, school bus.
So, so I don't want to yeah, cut it off, but if you it. need to check this out, I don't want to take away from viewership. So everybody, this isn't something that I want you to come to the Hustlers Huddle to listen to. I yeah. want you to go directly to YouTube and support the hell out of these kids. And yeah. As a MacArthur grad, of course you I are. was that nerd. I, I was a good, no, no, hold on, hold on. I balled on the football field, but I was also in choir. Uh, I really was. I was that kid. This at home. I hey, I played yeah. bass guitar. I was in pals. I was in choir. And so yeah, that a hey, shocker. But and so once in a while they told me, I was like, man, Frank directed that. It gave me chills. I mean, Miss Skurlock, Miss Davis. Actually, Miss Davis, just to tie it in with MacArthur even more at Blossom Athletic Center. Davis Aquar. Uh, uh, David. Uh, what do you call it when you swim? The um, the well, aquarium, the uh, aquarium. not not, not aquarium, aquarium, but Pisces, uh, fish. Floating. Where where they have the swimming competitions? A pool. Blossom Athletics. Well, bl- at Blossom, <laughs> but where where they have the swimming competitions? <laughs> it's named after Josh a, Davis. Okay, cool. San Antonio's on Josh Davis. Move past his it. mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying his mom was my choir teacher. Okay, cool. That, that's how it all ties in, like with the whole choir aspect. No, but so no, that was, that was a well done video. Yeah, that's thanks. awesome. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, you know, I, I got to be honest, I did that as a favor to a friend. I said, you know, and, and I took a meeting with her and the other choir director, who's this lovely, really smart, talented man, and he pitched me this idea. He was like, we'll open up, and the kid's going to be in a coffee shop, and there's not going to be anyone there, but she's doing open mics. And then her parents are treating her terribly at home. And then at the end, it's an auditorium filled. And I was like, yo, bro, I'll tell you what. I'll show up at 9 a.m. We'll film for three hours. We're going to make the kids look really fucking cool. Does that work for you? He was like, we'll take it. Uh, (laughs) I need a bus in the school. You got him? Exactly. Yeah, because I was like, yo, dude, coffee shop and auditorium and all this show. It's not in the budget. So so let's let's just film the kids looking really cool. And the reason I express any, like, fuck this attitude towards this project is because I've never cried so much. Yeah. It's too fucking much, dude. Like you're working around these kids are so young and beautiful and their lives are just starting. And like there was two kids who had panic attacks during the shooting and uh, the filming. And, uh, and, 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 and as a director, it's sort of my job to do damage control there and deal mm. with these kids. And I'm a fucking mess. I'm an empath. I will fucking cry around that kind of shit. And then we fucking go edit this video and I got to watch this shit for fucking 13 hours. It's, it's too fucking emotional, man. It's so beautiful. And all those kids were, I saw myself in them. I, I, I saw the, the, the pain and the love and the joy and the wonder and the all of everything in their eyes. And it was was fucking much, I'd much rather deal with like a drug addicted, jaded rock star and who's like dead on the inside. That's a lot easier right. to just be emotionally dismissive of versus these kids who are all beautiful people. Mm. Fuck that. It's, it's beautiful work that you did though. Thank you. The kids look cool. The kids look really cool. They, they, they look, they look really cool. So Frank. Yes, sir. Tell us how we get a hold of you. Tell us how we follow you. Where do we go? What do you want to put out so people can, can track you? Uh, so if you're interested in watching some of the music videos that I have uh, directed, uh, you can uh, head over to wellroundedfilms.com. Uh, that's a website where, you, again, you can see the music videos we've done for like Dr. Dog or Grace Potter, uh, and you can see all kinds of cool things over there. Um, if you're looking to follow my journey on social media, it's Frank Wesos, W-E-Y-S-O-S, and you can, I am not so much on the Twits, uh, more on the Insta, 
uh, yeah, and there you go. There's a bunch of really cool videos that we've done, and uh, and uh, yeah, you can check all that shit out. Um, as far as anything else, uh, don't worry about it. I'll let you know when it gets good. Yeah, and if if for whatever reason you want to uh, finance potluck or any right. other works, reach out to hustleshuttle.com. Me up. We'll make sure y'all are contacted and connected. Exactly. I, I but 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 big thanks for having me out here tonight. No, thanks I, for I, being I had a good out, time. Man. So Thank one you. of our and, uh, one of our last traditions, we like to go around and and give like a quick little opportunity to say okay. something or ask something cool. to you, and then we'll wrap this up. But before that happens, I just want to put you on the spot right now. We would love to have you back. Is that something you could commit to? Yeah. Done. This All right. This is fun. I would I will <laughs> yes. do this again. Love it. Thank you. Am I going first? Yeah. Shoot. Uh, well, I just wanted to say, um, am I going to ask anything? Um, but in case you're wondering why I was here today, it's because Frank is one of my oldest best friends. Uh, he, he's friends with my brother. We've been friends since I was probably about 13 years old. So we grew up together. That's right. I love him very much. I'm very proud of him and all the work he's done. So keep working at it, Frank. You know, we're all proud of you. I Thank love, you. I love watching your videos and going to your movie premieres. And I, I love you. I love you too. Which is, um, very special when you can love somebody and and have them in your life for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Dario, what's up? Uh, just like Noelia said, hey, thank you for your time, brother. I've uh, gotten to know you and hope our friendship continues to grow and continues to extend. Oh, and yeah. uh, my question is for you: what uh, what is you know what does twenty twenty have? What is it that uh, a little give us a little nugget maybe a little tease of what you have in mind or yeah okay yours. uh i i'll be directing my first feature film in 2020 and i so i've been pitching a couple of projects and and although those projects look great and and i have the foolish optimism and i'm maintaining a healthy level of optimism i'm a little bit tired of pitching so come hell or high water I'm directing a feature film this year. I'm also releasing um, some more music um, through my band, Young Dreyfus. And I'm releasing a solo record that I've been recording with a young genius from San Antonio named John Daly. He's got a great band called We Leave at Midnight, who did the score for our film, um, for our film uh, While It's Hot. So movies and music in 2020. There it's it com is. it's coming in. BJ, what you got? No, just uh, thank you, Noelia, for being here today. Thank you, Frank, for being here. It's an honor. It's it's, it's an honor having you. Uh, well, as always, uh, Dario, thank you for being here, sir. And uh, just wanted to let our listeners know we are having a Hustlers Huddle end of year party. Oh, it's going right. to be at the Pearl. Uh, Where at the Pearl? You may have heard of this location. You may have heard. Of this place. May have heard. Uh, it's called Green Vegetarian at the Pearl. Uh, it's going to be on the 10th of December. We're going to start at 6. I'm this is so for the Hustlers Huddle. And for supporters of the show, come out. Uh, we might have some raffles. We're going to have some good food. Uh, meet some of uh, some of the hustlers that have actually been on the show as well. And that's all I got, Chris. Yeah. So I really don't have any questions, man. You've been an absolute delight to be out here. I love your energy. And I love that uh, now that I'm on a self improvement tip that you've been there and you're doing your kung fu panda right now uh that said i just want to utilize this voice one more time can you take us out please yes (sighs) 
me walking down the street being so good to me yeah yeah holding hands like friends do we do it yeah yeah amen Stay humble, stay hungry. That was a reference to the Bobby Lee podcast, by the way, because he sings that song every time. Shout out, hey, Bobby Lee, if you want to be on. Shout out, Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee, (laughs) anyone else in this city who is an intelligent, uh, hustling individual, I highly um, advise you to tune in to the Hustlers Huddle. Hmm. If you think you've got what it takes, feel free to reach out to these friendly uh, gentlemen, and perhaps they'll allow you to grace this office, and they'll allow you to huddle up in the Hustlers Huddle. Maybe you're not ready. Uh, this is going to be expensive. That's an That's expensive okay. plug. <laughs> That's okay. Appreciate you, man. See how we do.